Greetings, people loved by God. Welcome to worship on this, the 15th Sunday after Pentecost. Uh, for our friends who are worshiping online or on the radio, uh, just a reminder, as I always like to give you, you can go to our website, which is chapelofthecross.org, and there you will find the bulletin for this service under the resources tab, and you may also give your, uh, there's options for giving your offering to the Lord under the give tab. Uh, just a few announcements to share with you before we, we begin worship today. Uh, one last reminder, we are asking all chapel members and friends to share a favorite memory or just some special words of greeting to our retired DCE, Dave Funky. There are three by five cards on that table in the commons area that you can use. Uh, this is the last weekend that those cards are available. So when you've written your thoughts, you can put those, those cards in the receptacle there on the table and we will get them to Dave. Thank you very much for your participation with that. Chapel travelers are members and friends of Chapel of the Cross who take day trips and overnight trips for, for fun or for enrichment and, and fellowship a couple times a year usually uh, using chartered buses or Chapel's own uh, bus or van. Uh, past trips have included Branson Sight and Sound Theater as well as uh, the Creation Museum and Ark Encounter down in Kentucky a few other places. I'll mark down Monday, October 24th of this year as chapel travelers will be journeying to tour the Day 3 Seeds headquarters in Bertrand, Missouri, and then also seeing the uh, Lutheran Heritage Center and Museum in Altenburg and visit the Saxon Lutheran Memorial in Frona, Missouri. Uh, the price goes down as more people sign up to go, so we're shooting for a full bus of 38. Uh, for the itinerary and for costs and for a few more details, look for a, a flyer that will be coming to the Welcome Center, or you can, before that comes out, you can talk to Bill Resnick for more information. Just so you know, though, the deadline to sign up for that is October 17th. Also, a little sooner than, than that trip, October 2nd of this year, the Chapel Travelers will be heading to Lewis and Clark College in Godfrey, Illinois, to enjoy a 5 p.m. concert featuring the You Can't Beat Experience Jazz Band featuring, featuring Chapel's own Bud Schultz. Um, uh, if you'd like to ride the church bus to go to that concert uh, that leaves at, uh, let me think, 3.30 p.m. departure on that day, uh, from, uh, sign up at that sign-up sheet at the Welcome Center. Again, you can see Bill or Bud Schultz for more information about that concert. And a big thank you to you for your continued giving toward the $111 for Mission Fund. Now, if you forgot what that is or never heard of that before, that's that special giving receptacle that you see as you come into church. The idea for that would be that we would give $1 each week for each person in our families, hence the title 111. And uh, we have re been receiving those dollars for missions for a couple years now, and literally thousands of dollars has been collected over that time in that little box back there. And those dollars then are split between a specific mission of our English district and then the mission emphases of Chapel of the Cross. So I do want to say thank you for your continued giving to Dollar for Missions. It really is kind of amazing how a little bit can go a long, long way as we all work together. God's blessings to you as we worship this day. We begin our worship by singing together our opening hymn, Let All Delight to Serve You, Lord, as that's printed for you in your bulletin. We stand to sing it together.
make our beginning in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let us then confess our sins to God our Father. Most merciful God, we confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We justly deserve your presence and eternal punishment. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. Almighty God in his mercy has given his Son to die for you and for his sake forgives you all your sins. As a called and ordained servant of Christ and by his authority, I therefore forgive you all of your sins. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. O Lord, you call us to be faithful in very little in order to be trusted with much. Preserve us by your perpetual mercy, and because without you we cannot but fall, keep us from all things hurtful and lead us to all things profitable to our salvation. For you live and reign with the Father and the Holy Spirit, one God now and forever. Amen. You may be seated. The Old Testament reading for today is from the eighth chapter of Amos. 
When will the new moon be over that we may sell grain and the Sabbath be ended that we may market wheat? Skimping the measure, boosting the price, and cheating with dishonest scales, buying the poor with silver and the needy for a pair of sandals, selling even the sweepings with the wheat. The Lord has sworn by the pride of Jabbok, I will never forget anything they have done. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks. Psalm 113 is our psalm of the day. We speak that responsively. Praise the Lord. Praise, O servants of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Let the name of the Lord be praised, both now and forevermore. From the rising of the sun to the place where it sets, the name of the Lord is to be praised. The Lord is exalted over all the nations, his glory above the heavens. Who is like the Lord our God? The one who sits enthroned on high, who stoops down to look on the heavens and the earth. He raises the poor from the dust and lifts the needy from the ash heap. He seats them with princes, with the princes of their people. He settles the barren woman in her home as a happy mother of children. Praise the Lord. The epistle is from the second chapter of 1 Timothy. I urge then, first of all, that requests, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgiving be made for everyone, for kings and for all those in authority, that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. This is good and pleases God our Savior, who wants all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all men, the testimony given in its proper time. For this and for this purpose I was appointed a herald and an apostle. I am telling the truth. I am not lying and a teacher of the true faith to the Gentiles. I want men everywhere to lift up holy hands in prayer without anger or disputing. I also want women to dress modestly, with decency and propriety, not with braided hair or gold or pearls or expensive clothes, but with good deeds appropriate for women who profess to worship God. A woman should learn in quietness and full submission. I do not permit a woman to teach or to have authority over a man. She must be silent. For Adam was first, formed first, then Eve, and Adam was not the one deceived. It was the woman who was deceived and became a sinner. But women will be saved through childbearing if they continue in faith, love, and holiness with propriety. This is the word of the Lord. Take my life and let it be consecrated, Lord, to Thee. Take my moments and my days, let them flow in ceaseless praise. Take 
my hands and let them move at the impulse of my love. Take my feet and let them be swift and beautiful for Take my voice and let me sing Always only for my King Take my lips and let them be Filled with messages from Thee Take my silver and my gold Not a mite would I withhold Take my intellect and use every power as you choose. Here am I. shall be no longer mine. Take my heart, it is thine own. It shall be thy royal throne. Take my love, my Lord, I pour at your feet its treasure store. Take myself and I will be ever only stand for the reading of the Holy Gospel. The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the 16th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus told his disciples, there was a rich man whose manager was accused of wasting his possessions. So he called him in and asked him, what is this I hear about you? Give an account of your management because you cannot be my manager any longer. The manager said to himself, what shall I do now? My master is taking away my job. I'm not strong enough to dig, and I'm ashamed to beg. I know what I'll do, so that when I lose my job here, people will welcome me into their houses. So he called in each one of his master's debtors. He asked the first, how much do you owe my master? 800 gallons of olive oil, he replied. The manager told him, take your bill, sit down quickly, and make it 400. Then he asked the second, how much do you owe? A thousand bushels of wheat, he replied. He told him, take your bill and make it 800. The master commended the dishonest manager because he had acted shrewdly. 
For the people of this world are more shrewd in dealing with their own kind than are the people of the light. I tell you, use worldly wealth to gain friends for yourselves so that when it has gone, you will be welcomed into eternal dwellings. Whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. And whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much. So if you have not been trustworthy in handling worldly wealth, who will trust you with true riches? And if you have not been trustworthy with someone else's property, who will give you property of your own? No servant can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. The Pharisees, who loved money, heard all this and were sneering at Jesus. He said to them, You are the ones who justify yourselves in the eyes of men, but God knows your hearts. What is highly valued among men is detestable in God's sight. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated as we sing our hymn.
Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Text that I'd like to uh, talk about a little bit for the sermon this morning is that first part of the epistle reading from St. Paul's first letter to Timothy, chapter 2. Say the first part, that second part, um, that is wonderful fodder for a, a long, long Bible study to, to look at. Um, and and uh, that's something that maybe we should do in the future. Uh, but today I want to talk about that first part, which specifically talks about the blessing of, of the gift of prayer that God gives to us. So I'd like to read that first part again, the first four verses of 1 Timothy chapter 2. Paul writes, I urge you then, first of all, that requests, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for everyone, for all kings and all those in authority, that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. This is good and pleases God our Savior, who wants all men to be saved and come to a knowledge of the truth. In the name of Jesus, Christian friends, at times of crisis and times of decision, or at times of joy and times of sorrow, at times of fatigue and times when encouragement is needed, Scripture calls us to pray. Bible calls us to pray at all times and for everybody. Now, now Jesus modeled that, didn't he? he? You look through the Gospels and you see that over and over and over again. At times of crisis and times of decision. At times of joy and times of sorrow. At times of fatigue and times when he needed encouragement. Jesus could be found praying at all times and for all people. At his baptism before his choice of disciples on the Mount of Transfiguration in the upper room at the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus prayed. Now, even at the very, very end, hanging on the cross with all of his dying strength, Jesus prayed. At times of crisis, at times of decision, at times of joy and times of sorrow, at times of fatigue and at times when encouragement is needed, are the words of a prayer on our lips. Do we pray at all times and for everybody? I don't know. Sometimes I think that as long as everything is kind of going along okay, everything is just smooth, well, then maybe we forget about praying to God at all times and for everybody. Oh, but as soon as there's trouble, right, all of a sudden we, we turn to our God for help. And that's okay. That's what we should do. When, we, when we're in trouble, we should go to our Lord. The Lord wants us to do that. That's part of praying to him at all times. But Scripture says that prayer is so much more than something that we do in case of emergency. In fact, Scripture has quite a bit to say about prayer Luke chapter 11, in response to his disciples asking him how to pray, Jesus teaches, teaches them what we now normally call the Lord's Prayer, wonderful model prayer. Luke chapter 6, Jesus says, pray for those who mistreat you. Matthew 5, not just pray for those who mistreat you, pray for your enemies, Jesus says. Ephesians chapter 6, Paul writes, pray in the Spirit on all occasions. And all, with all kinds of prayers and requests. 
Paul says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, he says, pray without ceasing. Pray all the time. And here in our text from 1 Timothy, I urge you, Paul says, first of all, that prayers and intercessions and thanksgiving be made for everyone. I don't know about you, but I look at all those verses and I have to ask, well, how in the world do I do that, Lord? How do I pray for my enemies? How do I pray without ceasing? How do I pray for those who would mistreat me? How do I say prayers in intercession and give thanks for everybody? How do I pray at all times and for everyone? And our Lord says, well, let me show you how. Watch me. Watch how I deal with people. You know, Jesus deals with people in such a beautiful way, such a remarkable way. You see it all over the Gospels, just all kinds of examples of that. For this morning, I want to talk about just two examples, examples that are probably familiar to you. There's a man in the New Testament by the name of Nicodemus. Do you remember Nicodemus? He's a good man, very good man. He was a Pharisee, teacher of God's people, teacher of God's law, and he loved God, and he loved to serve God. But Nicodemus was a man who was a little bit confused because he heard a lot of people talking about how you get eternal life, and he had studied a lot about that. And some said it was a matter of believing. That's how you get eternal life. And others said, no, it's more than that. You need to do more than just believe. You've got to be good. You've got to follow the law. That's how you get eternal life. And poor Nicodemus, he's kind of right in the middle of, where, of all that, and he's kind of confused. How do you get eternal life? One day he's on one side of the fence, and the next day he's on the other side of the fence. And he just doesn't quite know what to think anymore. And so he says, you know what I'll do? I'm going to ask that new rabbi about this. I'm going to ask Jesus. Only he comes to Jesus, remember, at night, when nobody else is around. When everybody else is in bed or at home, he kind of sneaks up to Jesus and asks a question. He comes to Jesus at night, and he says, sir, how do you get eternal life? I hear some that you say you get, you, they, you say you get it by believing. Others, I hear they say you get it by being good, and I don't know what to believe anymore. So how do you get eternal life? And you watch how Jesus deals with that man. You know, there's a lot of things that Jesus could have done, a lot of things that Jesus could have said. He could have said, well, Nicodemus, you come to me at night? You ashamed of me that you wouldn't come during the daytime? You come at night when it's dark and nobody else is around so nobody can see you talking to me. I'll tell you what, you come back during the day, then I will talk to you about eternal life. Jesus doesn't say that to Nicodemus. He doesn't deal with his people that way. And Jesus could have said, Nicodemus, do you have any idea what time it is? It's the middle of the night. I work all day long. I'm kind of tired. Put in a full day and I'm resting now. See me in the morning and then we'll have our talk about eternal life. No, Jesus does not deal with his people that way. You know, Jesus really could have even put Nicodemus down, couldn't he have? You come here, Nicodemus, for a free theology lesson at night yet? You go back and you hit the bucks and you learn your own theology and then we can have a discussion about eternal life. Jesus does not say that to Nicodemus. He doesn't deal with his people that way. 
Notice how it happened. Nicodemus says, sir, can you tell me about eternal life? And Jesus says, oh, Nicodemus, I'm so glad to see you. So good that you are here. Nicodemus, you do not have to sit on the fence anymore. You don't have to wonder anymore. You get eternal life by being born again. Isn't that wonderful? Boy, if Nicodemus wasn't confused before, I'm sure he was a little more confused then. But then Jesus goes on to explain what he means by being born again. And outflows some of the most beautiful words that you will ever hear. Nicodemus, for God so loved the world, he gave his one and only son. And whoever believes in him, Nicodemus, he has eternal life. God did not send his son into this world to condemn the world. Nicodemus, he sent his son to save it. Nicodemus, do you know that son? Do you believe in him? Do you follow him? Do you live for him? Because if you do, Nicodemus, you have eternal life. That's how Jesus deals with his people. He deals with his people in love, cares for his people. And I tell you, Nicodemus never forgot that. I think that's why Nicodemus was there on the day that Jesus died. And I think that's why Nicodemus was one of the two men that took Jesus down from the cross and laid him in the tomb. When Jesus deals with people, he deals in love. And then there is a response of God's people to that love. And some would say, well, yeah, sure, Nicodemus, he was a Pharisee. He's probably wealthy. He had some status. That's why Jesus dealt in love with that guy. That's all. I don't think so. You don't think so. You've read the Bible. You look at the rest of Scripture, you see how Jesus dealt with the tax collectors and the prostitutes and the criminals and the sinners. And then when you look a little further, a couple of verses after this story of Nicodemus, you see another story showing Jesus dealing with his people in love. It's a story of that Samaritan woman by the well. Remember that story? Jesus is sitting by the well and he asks this woman for a drink of water. Remember? And what does she say? She says, in effect, what is the matter with you, stranger? Can't you see that I'm a woman? You're a man? Women and men don't talk together. We don't interact with one another. And can't you see that I'm a Samaritan? I can see you're a Jew. Jews and Samaritans don't talk. They don't interact, not even to ask for a cup of water. And don't you know the difference between the women who come to this well in the early morning as a group and gather water for their, for their families and a woman who comes here now all by herself in the middle of the day? Don't you know the difference? Are you blind? or just don't know the customs. And, and Jesus could have said, you know what, lady, you are absolutely right. I should not be talking with you. I'm a man, you're a woman, I'm a Jew, you're a Samaritan, I'm a rabbi, and you are a sinful woman with a checkered past. Yes, I will not talk with you. But he didn't do that. Jesus doesn't deal with his people that way. When Jesus deals with people, he deals with them in love and he deals with them in care. So what does he say to her? He says, woman, don't, don't worry about the differences that you think are between us. Let's not argue about that stuff. Let's talk about something actually important. What about water? Now, that's important. 
You know it's important. You wouldn't be at this well gathering water for your family if you didn't think water was important. But I can give you water that is better than any of the water that you pull out of this well because I can give you the water of life. I can give you the water of eternal life because I am the Messiah. I am God's son. God sent me because, because he, he, so I could be your savior. God sent me so I can love you, so I can forgive you, so I can give you the water of life. I mean, you notice how, the, how Jesus deals with this woman, deals with her in love, he deals with her in care. And I guess that's why that woman ran away from that well and back to the town and she told everybody that she could meet that you've got to come and you've got to meet the Messiah. You've got to talk to him. You've got to come and see him because he'll forgive you too and he will love you too. Just come and see. And they came and they believed. When Jesus deals with his people, he deals with them in love. And for his people, there is a response to that love. What about you? And what about me? How does Jesus deal with us? We are sinners, you know. We confess that every service that we come to. And Scripture is so very clear. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. I mean, we don't bring anything to the Savior. How does he deal with people like that? People like you and me? Well, he deals with us the same way he dealt with Nicodemus, the same way he dealt with that woman at the well. Whenever he deals with people, he deals with them in love. So how does he deal with us? Oh, God says, though your sins be like scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they are as red as crimson, they shall be like wool. Because I loved you I've gone to the cross for you. I've risen for you. You are mine, my child, and I've made you that in your baptism. See, when Jesus deals with people, when he deals with you and with me, he, de he deals with us in love. When we are most loveless, he deals with us in love. When we are most in need, he gives us our greatest need. He deals with us in love. So if you would go in the hospital, how, do, how does he deal with you? Well, he's got some wonderful words. Lo, I am with you always. I, I will never leave you or forsake you. When he deals with us, he deals in love. And when, a, when your family might face a tragedy, when a family loses a loved one, how does he deal with his people? He's got some wonderful words. In my Father's house are many rooms. I will go and prepare a place for you so that where I am, you also may be. Oh, he deals with us in love. And when he blesses a family with a little child, he says, bring that child to my baptismal font because I've got some gifts to share with that child. I want to show my love to that child and my grace and my forgiveness because that child is mine. But he deals with his people. He deals in love. And when you kneel at his altar, as you so often do up here, he says, oh, I've got some wonderful gifts to share with you. I've got my love and I've got my forgiveness through the body and blood of Christ. Come to the table. See, when he deals with people, when he deals with you and me, he deals in love. And there is a response to that love by his people 
that is shown. Jesus says, you are my disciples. You are my followers. That means you will deal with people the same way that I deal with people. You will deal in love and in care. And our our text picks that up and says, you know, one of the greatest acts of love that you can do for somebody else is to pray for them. God God comes to us in his word through St. Paul and he says, I urge you, I urge you to make requests and prayers and intercession and thanksgiving for everyone. Pray at all times for everybody. That's the way you can show your love. One of the best ways you can show your love for somebody. Deal with one another in love. And I know that that's tough sometimes to do. I know it's especially tough to deal in love with somebody who doesn't love you. It's especially to show love to somebody who's hurt you, who's mistreated you, who could care less about you. But God reminds us again and again, you are my disciple, you are my followers, you are my people. Wherever you go, whatever you do, deal in love like I deal in love. I urge you to make requests and prayers and intercession and thanksgiving for everyone. What does it take to get down on your knees and ask God to help your neighbor? Well, that takes love. What does it take to get down on your knees and ask God to grant his grace and grant his peace to a country like ours or to a community like ours, to leaders like ours? It takes love. What does it take to get down on your knees and to think about the people in our own family and we say, God, would you please help them? Would you please go with them? Would you please bless them? Well, that takes love. And you've got what it takes. You have the Savior's love. And you've got his command. I urge you to make requests and prayer and intercession and thanksgiving for everyone. That's how we care for one another. That's how we can love one another. Amen. Now may the peace of God which surpasses all understanding keep our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Would you please stand with me as we confess together our faith in the words of the Apostles' Creed that's printed for you on page 8 in your bulletin. Together we confess. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, And in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. You may be seated as we gather our offering to the Lord.
great the chasm that lay between us. How high the mountain I could not climb. In desperation I turned to heaven and spoke your name into the night. Then through the darkness, your loving kindness tore through the shadows of my soul. The work is finished, the end is written, Jesus Christ, my living hope. could imagine so great a mercy what heart could fathom such boundless grace the God of ages stepped down from glory to wear my sin and bear my shame the cross has spoken I am forgiven, the King of kings calls me his own. Beautiful Savior, I'm yours forever, Jesus Christ, my living hope. Hallelujah, praise the one who set me broken every chain there's salvation in your name Jesus Christ my living home then came the morning that sealed the promise your buried body began to breathe out of the silence the roaring lion declared the grave has no claim on me then came the morning that sealed the promise your buried body began to breathe out of the silence the roaring lion declared the grave has no claim on me Jesus Christ you're the victory salvation in your name, Jesus Christ, my living home. Hallelujah, praise the one who set me
God. Death has lost its grip on me. You have broken every chain. There's salvation in your name, Jesus Christ, my living hope. Jesus Christ, my stand for prayer. Let us pray for the whole people of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. Lord God, through your word you have revealed to us that Jesus is the Christ. Keep us mindful of your ways that we may always be willing to deny ourselves, take up our crosses and follow your Son who suffered, died, and rose for us. Lord, in your mercy, Hear our prayer. Good Lord, you invite us into holy conversation with you through prayer. But we often neglect this invitation. Help us to speak to you more frequently and for more fervently. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord of all, grant your wisdom and guidance to the leaders of the nations that your will may be accomplished throughout the world. Bless President Biden, Congress, and the judiciary all federal and state authorities, and those who work to uphold justice, peace, and safety in our communities. Help us to be faithful citizens, living according to the laws of the land, and above all, in obedience to your word. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Holy God, bless this congregation with unity that flows from your word. Keep us from a self-centered focus on our preferences rather than on your priorities for our lives and our church. By your Spirit, help us to represent you well to those we encounter every day as we proclaim your love and care through Jesus Christ our Lord. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Gracious Lord, we have been given a great gift in knowing that we are saved sons and daughters of the Heavenly Father. Give us courage to live boldly for the one who was crucified for us. Cause us to see you in those around us who are hungry, thirsty, poorly clothed, without shelter and in need. And work through us to answer and help those in need. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord of the living, visit all who are threatened by pain and sickness. We especially remember this day Donald Clark, Tom Johnson, who is hospitalized, and Doris Tritkin as she has surgery this week. According to your will, grant healing and strength that they may endure all dangers to body and soul and place their confidence in your promise of deliverance. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Gracious God, walk with all those who are grieving in the shadow of death, especially Jerry Bowen and his family on the death of his aunt, Lois Capitelli. Comfort them with the hope of the resurrection to eternal life. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. O oh Lord, we thank and we praise you for those who serve you in our Lutheran churches and schools. We especially pray this day for Lutheran North's choir and band director and chapel's music assistant Carolyn Rusnick and her family as she considers a call to be organist and choir director at Concordia Lutheran Church in Kirkwood, Missouri. Bless her with wisdom and discernment. And we ask that you continue to bless the ministry of Lutheran North, Chapel of the Cross, and Concordia Lutheran Church. 
Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Into your hands, O Lord, we commend ourselves and all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy, through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us ever to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you his peace. Amen. We remain standing as we sing our recessional hymn together, Praise My Soul, the King of Heaven.